We have the OG crew here today. It is Alex and Andrew bringing you a little bit of end of season analysis as we look forward to the postseason. Some Just big news. The two of us. Mm-hmm. We can I... make it if we try. <laughs> you've been getting two in your head with the music trivia you've been doing, Andrew. I know. I know. I live for that crap. Uh, but hey, before we get started today, make sure you guys are dropping us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcast. If you want to see our beautiful faces, make sure you're following us on Instagram at winging.it.pod and on YouTube at wingingit underscore podcast. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Football Freddy and Fumble the Dog. Marnie <laughs> Snyder connected with us on Instagram and was nice enough to send us a copy of this book. If you have any young children, uh, male or female or whatever. It's a great book for them. Um, it goes through a girl named Freddie as she comes into Philadelphia, explores the city, talks about the history, talks about landmarks, and then her and Fumble the Dog go to a game at Lincoln Financial Field and root for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a really cute book, so I suggest that you pick it up. You can find it on Amazon. Thank you so much, Marnie, for sending us a copy. Drew. Mm-hmm. The regular season has come to an end. The Philadelphia Eagles finished 11 and 6 and I feel like at the beginning of the season if we were to look at this and say, "Hey, Eagles are going to go 11 and 6." We feel pretty optimistic. The entire city is absolutely dreading this postseason game. What are your thoughts from the the regular season as we wrap things up? You know, uh I pulled up our little spreadsheet here uh that that Shows all of our predictions uh, that we discussed in our first episode before the season kicked off. And I was very surprised, actually not surprised. I'm not surprised how close Vegas gets these things. FanDuel, DraftKings, Vegas had the Eagles win total set at 11 and a half, which is unbelievable. And the fact that the Eagles were 10 and one and they didn't hit that over the fact that we were 10 and one. And we finished 11 and six is something that I don't know if I'll ever get over. And I think the only way of getting over that is if the Eagles make some noise in the playoffs, because right now it is it's as bad as it gets, man. And there's nothing, nothing that feels optimistic about this upcoming game. But with that being said, I'm excited overall for the playoffs. Like you and Ali always, always like to chant, you know, this is the best weekend ever. This is, this is super wild card weekend. We have six games on the slate, which I'm excited that we'll dive into in a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, you, to answer your question, Alex, you think 11 and six and it's like, wow, that's a pretty solid year. But yeah. when you're 10 and one and you finish with 11 wins, that's, that is just absurd and disgusting and inexcusable. Yeah, and we didn't even record an episode after the Giants game. There was nothing to discuss, nothing to break down. Um, 
you know, AJ Brown got hurt. I think he may be a full participant in practice or maybe limited. Uh, Sidney Brown tore his ACL. Jalen Hurts broke his middle finger and then we lost. Well, not broke, dislocated his middle finger. Should still be able to play. And then we lose 10 to 27. Where the only signs of life we had were when Marcus Mariota came into the game. Um, the whole thing. And threw an interception just, his first play? <laughs> yeah, first play. You're absolutely right. And that was actually the best player of the game, I felt too, right? So, um, yeah, not a really good performance from the Eagles. You really felt that it's like, okay, you know, the intent with getting the starters out in the game, let's drop 21 points before halftime, do a little bit of scoreboard watching. If Dallas is ahead by a lot, which they were, uh, we can just sit our starters and at least end the season with some momentum and something to build off of. And you got absolutely embarrassed by one of the worst teams in football. They're having some internal conflicts there, too. Um, it's it's really pathetic. It's really pathetic. There was nothing to talk about than just an absolutely pathetic outing. Um, I don't even yeah. know if we even need to talk about anything about the Giants game. Yeah, there's not in terms of the game itself. I, you know, I I want to try to just erase it from my mind. I need one of those Men in Black gadgets to just flash in front of my face, and I just want to never ever think about that Giants game ever again. Nor do I want to think about the previous couple of weeks. And I, I just, it's so insane that you like in succession you beat the cowboys you beat the chiefs you beat the bills and then down the stretch after all this talk about this gauntlet two of your final three weeks are against the giants and one game's against the cardinals and you lose two out of three of those games it's there really is no way to really identify this season it really just makes no sense yeah. I don't know what I, I don't know what happened. And I, I want it like we're, we're going to find out eventually. Eventually, something has to come out to, ex, to to give some sort of explanation, because this is the weirdest flip that I've ever seen. Yeah, There's it's too much it's, probably, it's probably the worst stretch of Eagles football I can ever remember. Right. With a team with this high of expectations that started the year on such a high. Um, you, we can't even blame health. Most of our players are healthy. And, and to end the season this way is just really bad. Um, you know, like all good things, they need to come to an end. The regular season ended and then Black Monday happened where a lot of coaches were let go. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumors going around that Brian Johnson may interview for the Carolina Panthers. I have some thoughts about that. People are talking about Nick Sirianni, but let's talk a, a little bit about some of the stories that are breaking around the NFL for people that are actually are moving on. I was really surprised to see today that Pete Carroll yep. uh, from the Seattle Seahawks, one, he's going to retire Never having lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, which is crazy. <laughs> How many seasons was he in Seattle? 16 or something like that? Uh, 14 seasons. 14 seasons in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, Pete Carroll, stand-up guy. Absolutely love him. Uh, you know, just I just have this 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 memory in my head of just him chewing gum loud, right? And just uh-huh. getting in, in people's face. He was a really good guy. Dude, um, he's like 70. He's my man's like 73, 74, and he still runs up and down those sidelines. He still has all this energy. I, I hope I'm a fraction of that when I'm in my mid 70s. God bless yeah. him. Yeah. What other uh, what other coaches have have been released or, or moving on to different opportunities? Yeah. So Mike Vrabel, that was a pretty surprising mm-hmm. one. A Tennessee Titans coach for the last six seasons and honestly has been pretty successful with the Titans. And they really have not had a quarterback. I mean, you had Ryan Tannehill, this who who wasn't he coach of the year last year, Mike Rabel? 
I don't know for sure, but you could be very right about that. They're always a playoff team, and always. they're always a playoff team with 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 a below average quarterback. You you went from Ryan Tannehill to Malik Willis, who was hot Brian, garbage. Brian Dable was coach of the year, and that makes a ton oh. of sense. He, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Ah, <sighs> but um. So yeah, so Pete Carroll and Vrabel both pretty surprising. Uh, it looks like you got Nick Saban finally calling it quits in, in college football. He's been with that. I, I don't know how long he's been with Alabama, but it feels like a lifetime. Um, and then Jim Harbaugh, fresh off of Michigan, winning the the national championship uh, Monday night. Now it's 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 possible Jim Harbaugh's eyeing return to the NFL. Maybe uh, you know to compete with his brother John, who's got his Ravens. Number one seed in the AFC, so that would be interesting if Jim Harbaugh comes to the, you know, comes to the NFL. I, you know, a lot of the conversation in sports this week has been about Nick Sirianni and will he still be here next season? And I guess simply, I'll ask you the question first: uh, what What do you think it's going to take, if anything, for um, Nick Sirianni to lose his position as the Eagles' head coach? Yeah, I mean, I I have to think about it from two sides, right? The practical side and the fan in me. The fan in me wants us to fire everyone, restart from <laughs> scratch, right? That's that's the that's the reaction. Uh, the NFL has tons of money going through it. There's a lot of there's a lot at stake with a lot of these players, and you know the Eagles made the Super Bowl last year with Nick Sirianni. The Eagles started this season off with ten and one, albeit there was some major bumps in the road at the end of the year. But if you look at his resume. If you look at a Wikipedia page 10 years from now, you're going to be like, what the heck were the Philadelphia Eagles thinking when you look at the macro of it all? I don't think Nick has put us into a position where it's totally unfixable. I do think we need some help at the defensive coordinator position. I think Nick Mm -hmm. definitely has a wake-up call, and I definitely think he's going to be on thin ice next year. But realistically, Andrew, I don't see them firing. I don't see them moving off of Nick Sirianni. Especially after eleven and six, uh, eleven and six year when we started ten, I just I I don't I don't see it happening. I can't think of another time that a team that has had such a winning record has moved off a coach. I just it's I just I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> well, Andy Reid for one, and also Doug Peterson. I don't know yeah, what but, Doug but, Peterson's but, record was, but well, though no, that year we won like four games. We were like. Four Four and thirteen, or whatever the year we let Dougie P go. But that was and, like an in, that was and, injuries, and, though, right? And Andy Reid, we all agree it was time to move on. He was yes. here for how many years? Right, we're talking about a coach that has really been at the helm three years, but yeah. his first year he gets a pass, and we still had some success and squeaked into a wild card round. Have I made my point clear enough, or am I just rambling at this point? No, it's a good. <laughs> it's a good point. He really has answered the call since he's gotten here. I mean, aside from his, you know, opening press conference that didn't go over very well and some of the other things that he's mentioned in press conferences that people, you know, maybe poked fun at, but everyone forgets about that really quick once you start winning games. And that's really there there never has been an argument against that up until really this recent stretch of games. So I've I, unless the Eagles lose this game by like three possessions, because let's be honest. I mean, the Eagles are favored in this game. This is a game that the Eagles should win. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but this is a game that they should win. Therefore, they shouldn't lose this game by three possessions. And if they do, then that just shows you a team. I mean, if we haven't seen it already, it looks like they quit. I'm really hoping that that's just like, 
you know, everyone's just like, all right, we're cool with the regular season. We're putting our focus on the playoffs. And that's why we saw some, some, you know, some of the foot off the gas pedal, but they're professionals. You, you just, you, you, you still, Jalen Hurts always mentions the standard and they've been playing well below that standard, honestly, the entire season. So uh, I, I, I don't think that this is the game that Nick Sirianni has a job or doesn't. If they were that fed up with him, they've already made up their minds before this game started. And regardless of what happens in Tampa, if he wins or not, their mind is not going to be changed. Like it it doesn't come just down to losing a few football games. Like there has to be tension. There has to be like there is, though, is there not? But to to what extent, though? Right. Like, I I mean, it it just there has to be something like if, if, if Nick is in there, he's losing games. He's got in his bag and he's like telling Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman, like, hey, guys, I'm kind of checked out like or this isn't working or or there's some sort of tension between them that's outside of them. What we see than just on the field, then I would understand that they would have made up their mind before the Tampa Bay game, though, in my opinion. I just don't think this record. I just, I, I don't see it. I'm not saying I, I don't disagree. I'm not saying I, I don't want Jim or Bill or all these guys to come and take I mean, over the Eagles. I just don't think it's going to happen. If they made up their mind before the Tampa game, even if they did, there's no way that they could let that word out because you, you can't have any of these rumors. Like you need everyone yeah. to, to be on For their, sure. on their For game. Sure. So if there's any leaking of information about, yeah, we're not going to keep Nick around, you know, next year, then what's, what's his motivation to go out there and win a football game other than trying to win a job elsewhere. But, um, these things, I think, can't really get handled or discussed until after the season's over, I, I, being where they are right now, because everything just kind of flips so quickly. We're still trying to understand what what actually is the problem. I know that our defense is more than anything the problem and just lack of personnel and then making the, the, the change half, halfway through the year. So there's a number of issues, but I think we need to see a team show up and we need to see a team put some effort out there because if not it's hard to not really blame the coaching i appreciate nick taking the fall for 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 players and taking the fall for other he coaches should. but it, yeah yeah I, I mean he says it every week it starts with me and i think that's that's what you have to do when you're in charge but we need to see something because <laughs> wasn't it wasn't it dan campbell that <laughs> said like what's the reason for your law or, or it was some i forget what presser it was they're like yeah quarterback <laughs> I, uh, I totally forget where that uh, uh i forget who was i think it was dan campbell he said where's your biggest flaw right now and he said quarterback and it's like right when jared goff got to got to detroit anyway. oh damn yeah um all right so yeah we have that oh and also ron rivera is is also gone uh from the commanders mm. and then they just got a new it's got someone new in the front office that was responsible for the Golden State Warriors run, like a top NBA exec is now coming over. So wash out Washington. Uh, there mm-hmm. may be some pretty big things on the horizon. Well, they have um, the Sixers guy, Josh, uh, Josh. Harris. Yeah. So let me see if I can find this. So Washington, all these NBA guys just starting to dabble in, in football all of a sudden. Yeah. They well, because the NFL is absolutely destroying them in every single rating that's possible. Washington Commanders, Golden State, exec. Let me see what comes up here. Convenient timing as uh, Golden State seems to kind of uh, 
you know, they're they're not the Golden State of a couple years ago. They're starting. To Former Warriors GM Bob Myers hired by NFL Washington Commanders. Hmm. ESPN report says. Mitch Rates, Magic Johnson, David Blitzer are part of an advisory committee designated to reshape the commander's front office and coaching staff. So it looks like it's going to be more of an advisory role. They still need um, a quarterback, too. Yeah, well, they it looks like they have a number two overall pick upcoming. So oh, that could go. be that could be pretty interesting. Commanders could be could be scary. This is why it's like really important that the Eagles strike right now, because I feel like our window is dwindling two years. We're going to be in salary cap. Hell, we couldn't <laughs> afford to bring back players already. Like it's it's tough, man. It's tough. It All right. Tough. Um, let's move on to the playoffs. Uh, give us a little bit of the playoff picture. Yeah. So just a quick overview. I'll start with the AFC. Just going to run through the final seating. Uh, so getting the first round by in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens. They uh, they received nice. the number one seed. Uh, the Bills, after it, it's like we switched spots with the Bills. Once we beat them, they kind of got hot and we went the complete opposite direction. So the Bills really climbed their way back and now have the number two seed. Good for uh, them. Yep. The three seed is the Chiefs. Four seed is the Texans. They ended up winning that division, Amazing. which was wild. And the Jaguars ended up missing the playoffs altogether. Um, and then the wild card teams, you have the Browns at number five, Joe Flacco and the Browns, uh, Tua and the Dolphins at number six. They were uh, fighting with the Bills. Well, yeah, it's tough. That's a, that's just a tough division. And the Bills were able to edge them out. Really not sure what to expect with the Dolphins. And then finally, those Pittsburgh Steelers, they weaseled their way into the playoffs as the number seven seed. They're uh, just such a bad team. I don't get it. I don't it, get it. <laughs> It's it's weird how much mediocrity there is, and some of those teams have to make the playoffs. Just so just missing the playoffs were uh, were the Bengals, who if they had Joe Burrow probably would have made it. Yep, uh, the Jaguars, like we just mentioned, and then after that you had the Colts, who finished nine and eight. Shane Steichen probably would have been in you know in for Coach of the Year consideration if they would have made the playoffs. Yep. Um, so a couple close calls there. Now let's take it over to the NFC. The 49ers got that number one seed, so they'll have a bye week one. Number two seed, Dallas Cowboys, obviously. Number three, the Detroit Lions. Number four, the Buccaneers, who will be hosting the number five seed, Philadelphia Eagles, on Monday night. And then uh, closing out the wild card, you have the Rams at number six. And then the Packers. The Packers and the Steelers, like they're, they're both these like historic franchises with a lot of success, and they both find a way to weasel themselves into the playoffs. Pretty Pretty impressive. We'll see if they're able to make a run. I don't know. Um, so just to look at the schedule for this week on Saturday, we're going to have two games. We got a four thirty and an eight fifteen. Then on Sunday, you'll have your one o'clock, your four thirty, and your eight fifteen. And then Monday to close everything out. Save the best for last, I suppose. It's kind of interesting that they chose the Bucks and the Eagles as that Monday night game because that might be the least, the most least exciting game on the docket. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at this schedule and. There is not a single game here. Maybe the Steelers game. I just think they're going to get destroyed. Honestly, their defense is really good, though. Um, Man, these matchups are just absolutely incredible. The storylines. I mean, the the Rams and the Lions at Ford Fields. Can you think of a better storyline than them swapping quarterbacks and Jared Goff having to watch (laughs) Matthew Stafford go down and, and win a Super Bowl, something that he got so close to doing himself? And now the Lions are just on an absolute tear with so much young talent, a promising future. They finally found their head coach. 
it gives me chills, man. It's it's amazing. It's going to be an absolutely amazing story. Then also uh, the Kansas City Miami game. I think that's going to be a really good duel. And they're making all of the Taylor Swift fans buy the game on Peacock <laughs> because it exclusively goes there. Good job, Goodell. You got to love capitalism. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for them. Um, so yeah, let's let's dive in. We'll spend just a couple minutes on each of these games just to give a quick prediction and kind of uh, just the overall view of these teams, sure, how they got sure. here. So yeah, we'll start off with the 430 game on Saturday. Uh, you have the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Like I mentioned before, the Texans ended up winning that division, and so they get to host the playoff game. They have a rookie coach with D'Amico Ryans. They have a rookie quarterback with C.J. Stroud, who far and away is going to win uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, I, I would imagine. Uh, and now, and then on the other side, you have the Cleveland Browns, who they, they bring in Deshaun Watson this season. He plays about, I don't know, half the year, gets replaced a little bit by, well, got hurt. So, uh, you know, Temple's P.J. Walker steps in for a little bit. They finish the year with Joe Flacco, who now is like, just had this complete career resurgence, can barely stay awake for four quarters because he's used to sitting at home on his couch with his kids, at, you know, this time of year. But here he is in his 40s, making it happen. So the the Texans right now, even though they're at home, they're a two and a half point underdog to the Browns. So, yeah, let me know your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, oh man, if it was Deshaun, Deshaun Watson hasn't even been playing so good oh, either. That would have right? been a that would have been another revenge game yeah. situation. You would yeah. have had him facing his old team. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know the the Texans basically traded away like everything. Well, I'm sorry. The Browns basically gave up everything to to get him. So who really made out worse there? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I look at this game. I think I'm gonna have to lean towards the Browns. They've just constantly found ways to 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 stick it out. Joe Flacco is playing like a very young Joe Flacco. Um, he, I just feel like he's just sending it, dude. I just feel like he's he's just playing with with uh, you know carelessness. Yeah, and just, just whatever free. happens and just like, dude, you know, this is all a win. I'm playing with house money at this point and the fans in Cleveland aren't upset. I got a few of them messaging me like they're excited, man. What do you think? Yeah, like I think Cleveland's major strength this season has been their defense. They they might have the most improved defense amongst every team. Um, and then, you, you know, the fact that Nick Chubb, their star running back, went down so early in the year. And they've been able with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt to just kind of keep this thing together. Um, Amari Cooper's had a real solid season. So that's kind of what I expect. You know, Joe Flacco slinging it, just kind of being free out there. The, it doesn't feel like there's a whole ton of pressure on them. You know, in a sense, both of these teams are kind of playing with house money at this point. Um, I just I'm going to I'm going to go with the Texans, but that's just more from a fandom standpoint. Sure. You know, you talk about a good story. It's just like who could have seen this coming? I think going into this year. They were, exp I forget who they traded with, uh, but whatever team received their first round pick, that team expected to have a top five pick this year. Now the Texans make the playoffs. They're probably not going to pick until like 18 to 20. Yeah. So um, the Texans are a really exciting team moving forward. I'd love to see D'Amico Ryans win this, this, this game. So um yeah, give me yeah. give me the Texans. That's gonna be a that's gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, and then at eight o'clock, I mean, speaking of revenge games, Tyreek Hill's gonna be going to Arrowhead, and they got oh. absolutely embarrassed. I think it was in Germany this year against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So that's gonna be a crazy game too. The Dolphins seemingly are playing really well, but I think they've only beat like one or two teams with a winning record. 
Um, Tua failed in a really, really critical moment of the game against Josh Allen and the Bills. It feels like they're in free fall. They had the opportunity to host the Bills again at home, but with that loss, they have to travel to Arrowhead. But also on the other side of the coin, Patrick Mahomes is just not playing like traditional Patrick Mahomes, right? He's getting more frustrated. He doesn't have the weapons that he's used to having. Boo-hoo-hoo. Um, and, you know, they're kind of on a little bit of a regression. So that's going to be a pretty interesting game, too. The Dolphins have a pretty stout defense. Jalen Ramsey, regardless of the year he's having, is always a threat. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I don't see the line on the on the page that I'm looking at here. I have to imagine the Chiefs are going to be favorited, but I can't imagine by more than like four or five points. Yeah, it looks like according to DraftKings at the moment, uh, the Chiefs are a four and a half point favorite. Oh my so god, the- I'm right on the money. I said yeah, four or five. Yeah, good call. Over under a 44, which is pretty pedestrian for two teams that are known for you know airing it out but to your point about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes not really looking like they have years past I'm I pulled up Travis Kelsey's game log here and some of this I've been thinking because he I won my fantasy championship and I'm not saying that to brag I'm saying that because somehow Travis Kelsey who was supposed to be my best player was actually my worst player down the stretch uh Look at these last couple of games that he's had. So he's had uh, three receptions for 16 yards last game. Before that, five for 44. Before that, five for 28. He hasn't scored a touchdown since November 20th. So about a month and almost two months since scoring a touchdown. So this offense just really isn't what we're used to seeing. And kind of in the same way that we're hoping the Eagles get right, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City is able to turn things around. But I'm just hoping they fall flat on their face. I'm going with the underdog again. I want to see Miami win this game. I'm, I, I, Miami's had a tough year, but I really, I just want to see them edge this game out in a really ugly way. Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are going to take it. It's Patrick Mahomes in her Arrowhead in the postseason against a yeah. team that hasn't won against some really good teams. Tough to but argue we'll, that. We'll see, man. I would love to see the upset as a fan. Uh, the one o'clock game, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on on Sunday. The seven Steelers are going to be at the two Bills. Bills are a 10-point favorite on this one. I don't really think there's too much to break down. The defense could be good. It seems like the defense is what's been bailing out the Steelers all year. I don't even know who the starting quarterback is going to be. It's going to be Mason Rudolph, or is it going to be – are they going to go back to Kenny? Is Kenny oh. – is Kenny – is How Kenny crazy healthy? is that to have such like a playoff team and and we have these quarterback questions like mm-hmm. it it seems very weird that a team in that scenario is is I don't is realize in the Isaac uh, Samalu uh, plays on the Steelers um yeah he's hurt <laughs> um yeah I don't Steelers see him news. oh not Najee Harris is on the injury list I don't see Kenny Pickett so I assume they'll be playing with Kenny Pickett Mitch Trubisky's a bum. Mason Rudolph is awful, so I guess you got to go with Kenny if he's healthy. I guess so. Uh, well, it looks like Mason Rudolph was taking was in, was taking a uh, a little press conference in preparation for the wild card game. So it looks like it looks cool. like it will be Mason Rudolph at the moment. Man, what do you got to lose? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bills ten point favorite. That's pretty significant. The over under for this game is thirty six, which is very low. Um, but I think the Bills are hot right now. I think they've regained some of their swag, some of their confidence. Josh Allen's looking good. Their defense is solid. Um, and, I mean, plus they have comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlin, on their team. So so who can stop them? <laughs> yeah, throw your bets down right now. 
I don't know, man. It could go to Flacco, honestly. It could it go really to Flacco. Could. It could go to I, Flacco. I was pushing for Mayfield for a little bit there, but uh, but, no. but yeah, It'll Flacco be, might it, even have him yeah. beat. Yeah, it would be Flacco. Um, all right, and then we got the uh, seven and two Packers, the number two Cowboys playing at Arrowhead four thirty game. It's or, so uh, Arrowhead. What's uh? Oh, sorry, not Arrowhead. AT and T. Thank you. AT- I'm like, what is that? What is that stadium yeah. called again? Everything's just Arrowhead. Arrowhead. This. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. It is the playoffs, and the Cowboys are in there. Um, it is also at their home field, and even though the Lions almost did it, they are killing their winning streak at home. It's going to mm-hmm. be really hard. I think Jordan Love is the real deal, though, man. I think he looks really good. He has really good chemistry, and like his wide receivers are nothing special. So I think if you're a Green Bay fan, you're really excited for this team. I think it actually could be a little bit closer than what the sports books are having it at. Uh, they're the Cowboys are a seven and a half point favorite. That sounds about right, but I may actually take plus seven and a half if I'm if I'm betting on this game in favor of the Packers. They they're looking okay. They have their running game figured out. A little bit of misdirection, taking jeep shots. Jordan Love has really hit a groove. Dak is going to be playing in the postseason. The uh, <laughs> You know, you have some really good uh, secondary players on on the Packers. Rasul is Rasul Douglas still over there? I think he is, and of course, yeah. he's flourishing. Yeah, good for him, man. What <laughs> Just do you another think about one. This game? Yeah, I, I think the Packers can kind of have that nothing to lose mindset. I think that everyone expects the Cowboys to to, to run away with this game. Uh, you know, the Packers sneak in as a seven seed you kind of have an opportunity to be spoiler here. And to your point, Jordan Love has been one of the better stories, one of one of the major step forwards that we've seen from the quarterback position this year. Um, you know, we have we have so much expectation for guys like Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, but then, you know, here's Jordan Love and and he's 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 taken his team to the playoffs and he you you could see the progression. You could see the improvement uh watching some of their games this year. I think the Cowboys will ultimately win, but this will be a fun game, obviously, to root heavily for the Packers. And, and you know, who who knows? Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to picture how the Eagles would be able to host a playoff game at some point in time. And I suppose the Packers are going to have to win in, or some of these high seed teams are going to have to lose in order for that to happen. But, um, you know, there's more pressure on the Cowboys than the Packers, that's for sure. And we'll see how well Dak and, and that team can, you know, can handle the pressure. But Cowboys at home are tough to beat, so I do think the Cowboys uh, will be advancing, unfortunately. Uh, now let's look at the game that you alluded to before, this, this Stafford-Goff you know, trade from a couple years ago where Stafford was sent to the Rams, and then the Rams sent Matthew Stafford. Nope, the Rams sent Jared Goff to the Lions. So the Detroit Lions will be hosting the Rams, only a three-point favorite. So, you know, this is a pretty, pretty, is a pretty even game here. The Rams offense has been really impressive this year. Rookie Puka Nakua, you know, Cooper Cup when he's healthy. And if Stafford's healthy, the guy gets it done. So, yeah, hit me. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah. Um, I mean, the Lions just have such an interesting looking team. I mean, it just looks so explosive at times. They just 30 yard gain, 40 yard gain, and then they get sacked and then they lo- and then they lose a few yards and. It's it's such an it's a, it, I don't want to say it's a frustrating team to watch, but it, it, I don't know how they're not putting up seventy points every single game. It just it just there's just so much explosiveness from there, and and it's it's really hard to stop them. Honestly, 
the Rams, they're just, they're not who they were a few years ago. Um, you know, they turned a corner here late in the season, Puka Nakua. Uh, hey, he could be in the running for offensive player of the year as well. A, a rookie offensive player of the year. Stafford, you know, is a boomer in the in the locker room and can't jive with the guys. <laughs> and is, you know, he reminds me of like that meme of like the old guy with the skateboard with that backwards hat. And he's just like, what's going on, young kids? Hey, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think three points is is probably a little bit closer than I think it will be. I think it could be a blowout. I think that that Detroit crowd is going to be the loudest place in the entire world at eight o'clock on on Sunday night. I don't think there's going to be a louder place on Sunday night. So I don't I don't see the Rams. I don't see the Rams hanging with them. They are starving for for success. Oh, Aiden man. Hutchinson's going to get seven sacks. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be an awesome game. I can't I cannot wait to watch it. I'm curious to see if Sam Laporta will be able to play when I see knee injury or, you know, when I saw that he left last game with a knee injury that that usually doesn't fare very well. However, AJ Brown left last game with a knee injury and it looks like he's on track to play. So um, it looks like Laporta has been participating in walkthrough um, other than that limited at practice. But I mean, I just had his numbers up here. He caught 86 passes for 889 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's a rookie. That's that's awesome for a tight end. So Having him available is, is going to be pretty big for this Lions team, but um, yeah, they, they really, they, they have a, an explosive offense. They have a rock solid defense, but again, I'm going to go with the upset. I, mm. I, I experience over hype young. Yeah. I don't know why I can just see Stafford just kind of coming back to Detroit and just being, you know, crushing everyone's dreams. I, <laughs> I might feel kind of bad if, if that actually happens, but yeah, this line's really close. And again, there's just, there's so much more pressure on the lions given that they're the home team and you know, who knows the, the home field advantage could end up being the the deciding factor, but I don't know, man. I, I just, it's wild card I, weekend, man. This is the weekends where upsets happen. Mm-hmm. Favorites don't pan out. I've, basically pick the favorite like every single game here it's not going to work out like that so this is the weekend it's going to happen man this is the best i I literally love this weekend so much (laughs) every like every game well other than maybe the bills game should be within one possession so it should keep you on the edge of your seat it should keep you invested and you know hopefully sets up for some really really exciting finishes which brings us to monday Yes. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to Tampa Bay where um, not going to lie, Alex, the Eagles have not had the most success against the Buccaneers in my life as an Eagles fan uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, images of Rondé Barber and Joe Jaravicious still swarm through my mind. And then a couple years ago, we were down 31 to nothing against uh, at one point against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at that time. I think that team may have gone on to win the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. So that kind of, you know, makes it feel a little bit better. But anyway, I digress. Um, we're going to be traveling to to Tampa. Right now, we're a three-point favorite. This started as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and now it's gone to three. So that's promising for the Eagles. I don't want to. I don't want to allow myself to get excited. So... Start me off here, Alex. Uh, give us some reality here. How do you see this game going? And ultimately, give me, you know, give me your prediction. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. 
I literally have no clue what to say right now. <laughs> no, literally, I have no idea. Um, yeah, Vegas thinks that we're a favorite, but like, yeah, you want to talk about reality? Let's look at the last six games. The Eagles are one in five, and the Bucks are five and one. Um, <laughs> the Bucks have turned a corner. Yeah, we beat them twenty-five to eleven week three at Raymond James Stadium, but that was during our ten and one run. So it's a totally different football team. Jalen Hurts has a hurt finger. I don't know what the status is on AJ Brown. I don't know if if the offense is going to try to overcompensate. I don't know if we're going to be able to even like get Baker Mayfield off the field on third downs. I was looking at some of the breakdowns on on film, and um, Emmanuel Acho did did one, and it was comical. And he's been an Eagles hater the entire time he's on the show with Shady McCoy. So there's always banter back mm-hmm. and forth between them. But he broke he broke it down and just very simple concepts. Hassan Reddick uh, in coverage. There was someone else, Nolan Smith in coverage. These guys aren't coverage people. Like we learned nope. last year, hey, stop putting Reddick in coverage. Like why are we going back to mistakes that we know don't work? Reddick has been our best closer this year right behind or maybe even right in front of Jalen Carter, like getting to the quarterback and stopping plays. Now, the running back situation in Tampa doesn't really worry me. Um, It's, uh, was it Rashid? Rashid White? Rashad White. Rashad White, yeah. Rashad White. He doesn't doesn't scare me at all. Um, He's more of kind of like a power back, and, and I think we've done okay against stopping that. But Baker Mayfield, Except James Connor, <sighs> James Connor on the Cardinals. I he seems like bigger than I thought, man. I thought like yeah. I, I thought honestly, like when he played for Pittsburgh, and I'm totally wrong with this. I thought he was like a Tony Pollard size guy. He's big. He's a big dude. He's like I in height, he's a little bit smaller, but he's like he's he's built and yeah. and I feel no, like I, I saw him. I was like, this guy, this dude's huge. Yeah. He's like not a running back that's known as much for his speed or shiftiness as much as just being like kind of like a power north south running back, which I thought that the Eagles would do well against. But yeah. he ran all over us. So so I, I, I guess like my final thought and I could go on all night about this. We could make this a five hour long episode of what we think is going to happen. <laughs> uh, we've done really bad against quarterbacks that are really bad. Baker Mayfield is a gunslinger. I don't he's a little bit reckless with the ball sometimes, but he's he's got an arm. He can throw. He's not a run threat. He has a pocket presence and he gets the ball. He goes through his progressions and does what he needs to do. I think the things that the second half of the this football year Eagles team are doing wrong is what Tampa Bay does best. Based off the performances that we've seen. It's such a cheap excuse to say, okay, now we're zero and zero. What happened? Like that's that that's a loser's mentality, man. That is a loser's mentality. That is like settling to say, well, we made the postseason. I, I hate that coaches and players and Darius Slay is okay, guys. We're zero and zero now. It's such a loser mentality, man. I don't like it. I'm gonna <sighs> say I'm gonna say that the Bucks, honestly, dude, they're gonna win. They're gonna win. They're gonna they're gonna win this game. And and we need them to win this game. If we want change to happen, start the offseason, fix our coordinator situation. The worst thing that we could do is blow the doors off the Bucks, because nothing is gonna happen in the offseason, in my opinion. 
<sighs> All right. Well, so you think the Eagles are going to lose? I wasn't expecting you to say that. I'm not gonna. I, I got to be honest with you, dude. I've been so optimistic these last few weeks. I just, I, I don't have it in me anymore to be optimistic. I'm going to be rooting has for. Worn I'm gonna, us I'm, down. I'm going to wear the colors. Like I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to represent. I'm going to cheer if they win. <laughs> but like this team is just like absolutely crushed my spirit. It's the worst stretch of Eagles football I've ever seen. What <laughs> have they done to lead me to believe they're going to win this playoff game? Nothing. They have made us so miserable miserable it's, dude i don't even want to do this podcast right now but we have to because we have like people that i don't even know if we have enough people that listen to us justifying <laughs> no i love doing this i love doing this with you but you know if, it, if for nothing else it's cathartic it's therapeutic it's a way for us to just you know get out vent vent our frustrations with this no, team. brings back bad memories but <laughs> <sighs> whatever All we right, still Andrew. live for this we live for this you know give me your analysis as much as I want to poo-poo on the Eagles, because believe me, they deserve to be poo-pooed on more than any other team that I can remember. Car- or, uh, Tampa Bay just, they beat the Carolina Panthers nine to nothing. They kicked three field goals to beat the Panthers. They mm. couldn't even score a touchdown against That's the Panthers. Point. I know that, look, I'll, I'll keep the Eagles separate, right? You know, I, I know the Eagles have their own issues, but I'm just looking solely at the Buccaneers right now. So they only scored nine points against the Panthers sure a win's a win but they didn't do it in an impressive fashion in a game that they needed to win looking at some of their their numbers on the year like they are dead last in rush yards per game so that Mm -hmm. fares well with our strength um they are 29th in passing yards against per game so if AJ and Devontae and everybody's healthy and ready to go as much as, you know, I, I want us to establish a run game and try to keep things balanced, we should have success through the air. Um, you know, it's a team that doesn't they're, they're 24th in time of possession. They're they're 24th in total yards per game. They're 20th in points scored per game. So, again, it's all numbers, but it's just like I, I do take note when when they're in mm-hmm. the bottom third in, or, or bottom five in, in a mm-hmm. lot of these stats. All this to say the Eagles are a more talented team and something that has just been killing the Eagles all year has been turnovers. We have not been winning the turnover battle. And that's something that we, that's a complete 360 from last year, or is it 180? No, it would be a 180 because a 360 would take us right back where we started. Anyway, I'm not going to say that all of a sudden the playoffs are here and the Eagles are going to magically get it right. But I do think that there has to be some sort of, some sort of little flip that's going to happen and I'm just going to leave it up to the Cosmos. But I think the Eagles are going to find a way to win this game. And who knows? Maybe like Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco was saying, we've just been playing possum. We're just we've just been we're just out there pretending like we don't know what we're doing. But in all reality, we still have all the same skill that we had last year. I'll believe it when I see it. But I, I do think the Eagles will find a way to win this game. Um, it might not be pretty, but let's just come on, guys. Like, just do it. Just Figure it out. Just find a way. Like you said, Baker Mayfield is not a superstar. He likes to sling it. I don't think we're going to be able to cover Mike Evans for for garbage, but I don't know, man. Maybe Hassan Reddick, if they don't use him in coverage, can just find his way to get a couple sacks at meaningful times. I don't know, man. I, I really, I just, I need to try to find any ounce of optimism I can. Um, and I just don't think the Bucks are that good. So give me the Eagles, but boy, do I not feel good about it. I got to say tickets are pretty cheap. You can get into the stadium with like pretty decent seats for like under $150. Um, That's wild. I mean, I know yeah, Tampa isn't like the best available. sports town, but 
I would think that the Eagles Eagles fans would eat that up in a heartbeat, but maybe there's just not as much enthusiasm now. Yeah, no, there really isn't. I do think your uh, point against what they did against the Carolina Panthers is is really fitting, right? Like they needed a really big win and they and they barely pulled it out. And their last opponents that they played uh, weren't very good. The exception being, you know, the Green Bay Packers. Um, interesting scenario too. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles could actually host a playoff game if if a few things happen. So I think if LA wins, Dallas loses, and we win, uh, we can actually host a playoff game the following yeah. weekend in Lincoln Financial, which would be a wild turn of events and potentially being able to get revenge on the uh, San Francisco 49ers for what they did to us this year. So. It would be pretty crazy. Um, I guess let's close out this episode with a score prediction. What do you think the the final score is going to be? 23-17 Eagles. Yeah. I think it's going to be a low game. I don't know if our offense is going to get there. I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get 22. Philadelphia Eagles, 11. God, 11. 11. I don't even know how you get to 11, but we're getting 11. Oh, goodness. 11. We're going to kick a field goal and then just probably score a touchdown. Then there's going to be a penalty and we'll decide to accept it. And then we'll just do a tush push on like the half yard line to get two points. And that's that's it. That's all we get. Yeah. Tush push. Yeah. Lord have mercy. That's how that's how unmotivated I am. But still going to be rooting. Still going to be cheering for us. So. All right, everyone. Well, we will see you on the other side. So either (laughs) this is the end to the season and this is the last game of this season. We are going to be breaking down or we are going to have some optimism once we beat the Buccaneers and advance into the playoffs. As always, thank you so much for winging it with us today. Look forward to this uh, playoff matches uh, this weekend. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds.